Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. A library set up here. I was, uh, funny, I was talking to Steve last week. I said, he said, um, I said, the interesting thing is when you don't get to preach or don't preach very often, you, you, you kind of want to cram everything into one message, right? And he gave me some great wisdom. He said, don't do that. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, I'll try. Um, but let me, uh, let me just jump right in here, jump right into the Word. Um, there are Bibles in, in the, under the seats in front of you. It's the ESV version. I'm actually going to be reading from the New King James Version for any of you old schoolers out there that were uh, raised up in the New King James. And I'll give a little story behind that in just a second. But um, let me just start off. We're going to be in First, uh, first Corinthians chapter 2 today. And um, let me just start off by reading first uh, 1 through through 5. Paul says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to keep, not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. Well, that gives me great relief to know that I don't have to sit up here and bring you something with human wisdom, that the Lord is going to bring you something in the Spirit. So let's pray for that right now. Lord, we just uh, we praise you today. Thank you, Lord God, for, for everyone in this room. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit. I thank you for your word. I thank you um, that your word is alive and active. Lord God, is sharper than any two-edged sword. And um, Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see today, Lord, ears to hear. I pray for the mind of Christ over each one of us. Lord, I pray for growth, spiritual growth in each of our lives. Lord God, I pray that you would move in ways that we've never experienced before today, God. Lord, may there be some new, astounded work, astounding work by you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We ask you, Lord God, in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. I got a little bit of a hum going up here. You guys can fix that or hear it. But um, Astounded. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this and I was looking at, at Scripture and just, I'm always blown away by how many, how many things in Scripture are just, there's so much astounding things that God has done, right, and is doing. And, and I'm thinking about the deficit today of that, what that might look like in your life personally, but also in the church as a whole. And um, we're going to be looking at so many examples today of how God has just astounded His people. He's astounded the world. And, and through his word and the revelation of, of his word. And what we're going to read in just a minute, you're going to see that, that nothing that, that no understanding that we would receive can come from any human being. It cannot come from any human reasoning. It can't come from any politician. It can't come from any government. It can't come from, can't come from me. You, you're not going to learn God's understanding from me. It's going to have to be. There's, there's no other way. 
This, this may be a bold statement for somebody, but there is absolutely no other way for you to get the understanding of God except by His Spirit. That's the only way. And as we're going to read, we're going to, we're going to see, also we're going to dive into some things that, that might be hindering us from that. Okay, so it's always, it's always important for us, right, to self-examine, to, to look at myself and go, well, what, what am I doing? Why am I not hearing? Why am I not getting revelation from God? And why is my faith not growing? Why am I not more on fire for the Lord, right? So this is this is jump in here. I'm gonna I have to pull out my glasses. I wasn't gonna try not to date myself here, but it's inevitable. In verse six, let's pick up in verse six. I'm gonna read through this uh, chapter two, and then we're gonna go unpack it a little bit. So, however, we speak wisdom. First uh, Corinthians chapter two, verse starting in verse six. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit teaches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows, what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Let's stop there for just one second. I don't know... And you don't know you don't know what's in me because you don't have my spirit. I can never know what's in Trinity because I don't have His spirit. And guess what? He has no ability to share His spirit with me. Right? This is the beautiful thing about God is that He has re- revealed, He has shared His spirit with us, and because of that, we're able to know the things of God. Right? And and that's that's I I mean. I can't even do that justice with a statement. That's profound in its nature of how God has come, not only with His Son, but also with His Spirit. He poured out upon all of us who believe that He would fill us with His Spirit so that we could understand these things. A little side story, this, this Bible is actually my wife's Bible from, I don't know, high school. Maybe middle school. Maybe middle school. Uh, you know, old, old school Bible, you know, New King, New King James Version. And... and you know, upon coming to Christ, I, I, I kind of picked this Bible up, and I didn't understand anything. And, you know, this funny, the funny thing is, going back, I was raised in the Catholic Church, and, you know, I'd go to church, and I'd, I'd heard the message. I'd heard different messages they were giving. Um, and, you know, I would get in trouble, and, you know, my parents didn't really know how to handle me, so I'd come home after getting in trouble, and, and the Bible would be just laid out on my bed, like, hey, hey. You know, I kind of got the message that I should read it, right? But I pick it up and I go, I just don't, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me, you know? And uh, years and years of that. And, and, um, and then when I got this one, you know, also the, with the New King James, I mean, fortunately it's not the King James Version, right? I even dabbled in that a little bit. Just looking, seeking out these different versions, trying to get understanding. Trying to get understanding, and you know, the, the amazing thing, one of the amazing things happened was 
I joined a um, I joined a group of men and and this this guy was this guy was teaching out of the same. And I read the same passage he did, and he was teaching out of it. And, and, I, and I said, "Man, how did how in the world did he get that out of that passage? How?" I said, "I read it. I read it. I went back and I read it over and over again." And I was like, "How did he get that?" And um, it just it just blew me away. It was like, "Oh my gosh, there, something had to reveal." Someone had to reveal this to him, right? It wasn't that he had all this experience in theology. Um, he, he didn't go to a school of ministry or anything like that. Um, but, but there was something different about it. There was something different about that. And at, at that moment, it was just it was like God illuminated to me and it said, look, I am the one who will reveal this understanding to you. And... and Way more than any man, way more than any process, way more than anything else will ever, ever, ever accomplish. They can never do it, in fact. And it will just be a, a, a worthless endeavor on your part to continue to just seek things out by, by own, your own intellect and by your own efforts and everything else. And the interesting part about this, I think you look in, in Corinthians, is, is I was comparing it to today, right, and to our town here in Aspen, and, and just looking at it and going, you know, one of the main reasons Paul gave this message to the Corinthians was because they put so much faith and so much trust in their own intellect. They had, had people who, you know, they had the brightest of the brightest, right? Um, how, how about us today, right? We've got the Ideas Festival. We've got people from all over the world that come here, all these intellectuals and everything else. But yet God said, God said that that will come to nothing, Whatever they have, whatever you have, whatever I have, everything that we have will come to nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I don't know if that shocks some of you today, but for, for where you're putting all your time and money and efforts and everything else. Um, but for me, it was, it was eye-opening. It was going, and we still do it, right? We still put our efforts and things into and it's a, it's a growing process, a part of us laying down ourselves, part of us picking up a life. Like Steve said, it's not, we're not just human, we're picking up a life in the spirit that, that is not a human, just a human life. It's just new. And, um, man, a little side note, I told my kids, and I think I told Becca too, I said, you know what, I, I, I really, something happens when I start putting things into a slide, it's like I lose, something gets lost. And I said, I'm just going to wing it today. And, uh, and, uh, and on the way up, I called, my, I called my family on their way up. And, and um, Caleb goes, Dad, are you still going to wing it today? And uh, so far, I've been winging it. But, but let's look at a couple slides. Um, these, are some great, uh, these are some great questions for me. I hope they are for you, too. And the, and the goal today is that the Spirit of God would, would just convict you would, and me and and we just awaken us to more, right? So are you more concerned about your performance over what God can do? And, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of, a lot of time unpacking these, but, but take these away with you and, and just think about it. Maybe the Lord will speak to you now. Are you more concerned about your performance in this world, in this church, in life, than what God can do? Next one, are you, are you hesitating to step out in faith so you can perfect or before you can perfect your performance? 
Are you waiting out, waiting on that? Are you waiting to step out to do what God's calling you to do? What His Spirit is is wooing you into? Are you waiting? Are you are you coming up with with excuses, right? Of, well, I'm I'm not sure I'm ready. I'm not sure that my performance is 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 baked well enough yet for me to step out in that role, right? And those are human things. Those are self-performance, self. It's all about self. It's all about the world. Is our performance? Who are who are you? Who am I to deny God? And we don't need a, a quick response, but who are you? Who are who are you to deny God? What He's calling you to? What He wants us to do? Who am I to deny Him revealing the things of God to me? so that my life would be completely transformed and changed. Anything, anything and all things are possible with God. But without God, nothing is possible. Amen? Without Him, nothing is possible. Without His Spirit, like I said, you won't understand what He's calling you to. You may not even hear the voice of God. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. What this is saying is that no man, no woman, no one, no eye has ever seen, will ever see, no ear has ever heard, no mind has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who loved Him. It is by the Spirit that those things are seen, those things are heard, and that the mind of Christ, that we imagine the things of God. You know, <clears throat> Scripture says that for us to set our sights on the realities of heaven, okay, how can you do that? You can't do that in a natural eye. Nobody can see the natural heaven. It's only seen from a spiritual sense, right? And it's only because God has given us His Spirit so that we can see that. And so as we read on here, even so, in verse, in verse 11, just picking up, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And then jumping into chapter 3 real quick, a couple of verses. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now, you're still not able, for you're still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Um, gosh, there's so many examples in the scriptures to, to allude to this, to show us that God speaks and does things through His Spirit in, in Old Testament and New. Um, let's look at a few. Blind man. 
um, the, the blind man that was heal, healed at the at the gate, and um, you know, I love this story because it was so it was so simple. This man was blind. Jesus came in and healed him, and the man now can see. He's running around, and everybody who knew this man, he's blind for years. Everybody who knew this man could see that he could see. And they're like, what? This is, the, this is the blind man that used to sit by the gate and beg. And, and um, next thing you know, the religious rulers and leaders of the day come in and start saying, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. All the skeptics come in and say, well, hold on a second. How do you know this is the same man? You know, we know this is the same man, right? And then they call the, man, they call the man's parents and, and, and start to, start to um, just harass them, I guess, with, with questions and everything else. And they say, well, wait a minute. We don't, what, he's, a, he's an adult. Why don't you ask him what he says? And, and I love this. The man's response, the blind man's response was, look, in, in, in the religious leaders were, were talking about Jesus being a sinner because he healed on, on the Sabbath. And, and the blind man goes, well, look, all I know is I couldn't see and now I can Right. All I know is that I just received something from somebody that I couldn't do before. I couldn't see, but now I can see. And it was almost like this laughable and laughing in the face. And he was like, wait a minute. Are you telling me you don't know about this man? You guys spend your whole life in religious duties and religious everything else, but you don't know this man? You don't know that he's capable of doing that? Well, I just, I just, wait, I just received my sight. And you know, I think this is where we get sucked into things in, in the humanistic way is that we get into the ritual, the, the rule following, the religion, and all these things, and, and they become clouds for us. They become clouds for us that we can't see, just like these, these leaders couldn't see, just like when Jesus came, the leaders crucified him because they couldn't see that he was the Son of Man. He was, he was God incarnate right there before them because they, they, they couldn't see, because they were so caught up in other ways. Now, what about the woman at the well? I mean, this is a beautiful one. She, she, comes, she comes to the well in the middle of the day. She's an outcast to, the, to all of society. She, in, in Samaria, she, she, she's, she's thrown out by the culture um, because she's sleeping around. She's had five husbands and, and all this. And, and Jesus is sitting there at the well all by himself. His disciples have gone off to get food. And, and she comes up in the middle of the day with her jar to get water. And they have a conversation. He says, and she says, he asked her to give him some water, and she said, um, and, and then he said, well, the water that I, that I would give you is, is an everlasting water. It will never, never run dry. You'll never be thirsty again. And, and then goes on to tell her, you know, prophesies and, and, and tells her about herself. And she, and she, next thing you know, she jumps up and runs away and, and runs back to the village and says, Listen, she leaves her jar at the well and she runs back because she's got the well of spring of living water in her now because she's just been, she's just received truth from God. She's received it. And she runs back to the village and tells everybody and now all of a sudden they're listening to her too because she has the Spirit of God. And now they say they believe that he's the Son of Man and then, and then obviously witness that themselves later. Um, so many examples. Acts 17. Um, Acts 2. Gosh, I mean, there's so many examples. That, you know, Acts two at Pentecost, the, the 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 crowd, the people in the crowd said, "How are these people speaking in these unknown languages? Aren't they, 
Aren't they from all these other different areas? How do they know my language? How do they know these languages? And they were just astounded by this, the act, this, this pouring out of the Spirit, this, this, this manifestation of the Spirit of God coming upon people, right? They were just astounded by this. In Acts 17, you know, you've got all these, all these uh, uh, people in Athens who are all, all these intellectuals again that, that say, what is this new Babel these men are talking about? You know, um, it, it just makes no sense. What is this Babel? It's, it's almost like they're speaking about some other God. And, and they said, um, well, I, I see that you honor this, this person that, that you say is an unknown God. They, they, had built a, they built an idol. They built a statue. And it had engraved on it to the unknown God. And he said, I see that you worship this, this, this was one that you're worshiping. I'm here to tell you about him. And he, he was there to give them revelation. They were astounded by this language they'd never heard before. Um, what about a battle plan for Joshua at Jericho um, and the Jordan? You know, Joshua obviously has a battle plan to walk around Jericho seven times. You know, uh, one time a day for six days and on the seventh day, seven times, and the walls come falling down. Are you going to follow somebody today with that kind of battle plan? You know, if somebody comes in and says, hey, look, I heard from God that God's given me this battle plan. How about when he, when he dried up the Jordan so that the Israelites could cross over into the promised land? How about Gideon? 33,000 men. Started out with 33,000 men to fight a, a fight a battle against the Amalekites. And God said, no, you've got too many. What do you mean I've got too many? We need more. We need more men. And, and, and I love this because Gideon took, took um, some steps and processes. And this is... You know, in my own life, and hopefully in your life, is that we're taking steps and processes to get and to hear the things from God. You know, we're not going to get this download, this dump, um, all of a sudden, this instant, and we've got everything under the sun. It doesn't work that way. God wants a relationship with us, and He wants to. He wants us to. He wants to know that we want to know Him, and that we want to have a relationship with Him, and, and a back and forth, right? And and it's amazing. So Gideon, you know. Listens to God. He said, first of all, he says, look, I'm not even qualified. Why, why would you use me? I'm the least of the least of my tribe. I'm not even qualified for this. And, and um, next thing you know, Gideon gets it down to 300 men. And God says, okay, now it's the right number. And he goes and wipes out the entire army. Um, so many examples, guys. This, when we, if we read this book... It, I mean, if the Spirit of God is illuminating this to us, we should be jumping up and down with joy of what God wants to do through each one of you. There, 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 is, no, there is no, hey, I, I came in, I want to go through this ritualistic, just gather. I just want to gather, I just want to do these things. There, there's something more, you know. And I'm not here to tell you guys, I'm not here to tell anybody that we're doing something wrong necessarily. I'm here to say that there's something better. And... And that better is, is, is God, and, and it is His Spirit moving through us. How about David fighting and killing the bears, bears and the lions with his bare hands and then defeating um, Goliath as a shepherd boy? Um, Moses, face-to-face with Pharaoh, deliver God's people, telling, telling Pharaoh to deliver God's people. He, again, here's a man who said, I'm not, even, I'm not qualified for this. You know, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the right one for this. Jonathan scaling up a cliff alone with his armor barrier to defeat the Philistine army that was taunting the Israelites, saying, perhaps God will be with us. Um, 
Paul faced an angry mob, was stoned to death, laid out in the streets. Moses parting the Red Sea. Jesus turning water into wine. Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead after four days. How about the dead that rose from the grave at Jesus' resurrection? Can you imagine people, you think they were astounded to see people they had seen before buried and laying in the ground, and next thing you know, they're standing up walking around in the town? The scripture says they went back into the town and were walking around. I don't know if they had their grave clothes on or what, but they were, you know, can you imagine? Um, do you think you'd be astounded by that? I mean, do you think that, you know, if you look at the history all throughout the, all throughout the Bible, right, you see, you see nothing but astonishment from God. Nothing but astonishment. How much of your life is filled with astounding things? Ask, the, ask yourself that question, right? It's, it's a good thing for us to, to self-examine ourselves and, and, and see how I'm living, how I'm walking with the Lord and, and everything. And um, how, how is your life? How's it looking? Do you, do you feel like God is astounding you with things? Do you feel like you're waking up in the morning with a hunger to be in His Word? Do you feel like the Spirit of God speaks to you throughout the day? Do you feel like there's... Um, moments when you say, well, how did that happen? You know, and, and, and even maybe you didn't even have faith for it, but it happened. Okay? Are you hearing stories from others? Are you, are you sharing those stories? Or, you know, is it just measurable, rote, safe, and calculated? You come to church on Sunday. Maybe you read your Bible. Maybe you're in a Bible study in a group, small group. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying any of those things, but unless you're being astounded by God, I mean, I, I, I think God is in the business of astounding us. I don't think He's called us to do these things. I think He's called us to much more. I think He's called us to experience Him in a way that we can't explain. And, and, but yet we're trying to. We're trying really hard to explain that. We're trying really hard, you know. And, and you know, some days we, some days we mess up, right? I mean, I, I, mess, I have my share of those days and moments where we mess up. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a, um, something, that's, something that's the tip of the spear that's driving us, that, that's leading us into something more, right? Something more. What is preventing us from that? What, what, what do you think in your life is preventing you from that? What is it? Is it a lack of faith? Is it, is it a lack of hope? Is it a lack of trust? Is it a lack of understanding? Is it um, a lack of the Spirit? Is it, do you have these things? Do you know that you have these things? Have you experienced these things? You know, it's funny. I, I, um, I look back at my life, and, and I'm by no means uh, have I arrived, okay? Just like Paul said, you know, it's not that I've arrived, but, but I press on towards this goal, this upward, upward prize of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Um, I remember just hearing little words, hearing revelations from God and, and saying, man, what was that? The first one was when I was about 20 years old and I shrugged it off. Um, I heard an audible voice. It was after I came back after being in trouble 
actually spent the night in jail, if you must know. Um, but I came back, and, and my parents had, had to bail me out, and my Bible was laying on the bed, and I picked it up. And, and that's all they did, right? Was, they weren't in the bedroom or anything. And, uh, and I heard God say, you're going to preach someday. And here, and here I am. I just got out of jail. I'm not living my life for Christ at all. And I've got a Bible here laying on the bed, and I know nothing about it. And he said, and I hear this voice, and I, and I just shrugged it off and said, oh, man, what, what in the world was that? What's going on in my head? You know? And um, almost 20 years to the day after that, I preached in South Africa for the first time. And, 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 and God, <laughs> audible voice, I told you. You know? Audible voice. And, and you know what? That, that just spurred on this more, right? And, and then there's other events where I, I was at a, at a worship event with Becca, and you've heard this story probably, but I, I, was, I came down, I couldn't even walk. I was been, I'd been running, and my foot got inflamed. And a couple of weeks before, I was playing volleyball, and I did something my elbow. I was falling apart, right? And uh, that's what happens to us. And... Uh, I go and she said, "Hey, why don't you go? There's a healing service they're having, you know." And I'm not a big, you know, wasn't a big like charismatic or all about. Um, religious type things or anything like that. But I, but I was desperate. I was like, I don't want to be healed, you know. And I go in and I got all these people praying for my foot and nothing's happening. And and I, I just knew. I knew something. God had me there for a reason. I knew something was going on. And uh, Wow, sorry. Steve's going to make fun of me again. <laughs> Dang it. Thought for sure I was over that. And, uh, and next thing you know, somebody gets up and, and, and gives a prophetic word about it. Um, a chipped bone in the right elbow. And I had gone to the doctor and had an x-ray done two weeks before, and he said that, um, oh, make it worse. Make it worse. All right. No shame. And uh, anyway, the, the doctor said, he did an x-ray, and there was a chipped bone in my right elbow. These people didn't know me. I was, this is in California. I didn't know anybody there except for my wife and a couple of friends we went with. And, and instantly, I felt the healing. My elbow, my elbow was so inflamed I couldn't even do this. And instantly I felt the healing and God had touched me in a way that was supernatural. And it was a revealing of His Spirit to bring this healing. And next thing you know, I'm pounding on my elbow. I was there from my foot. And, uh, but God, He's just astounded me in this. And, and it just drove me to, man, Lord, tell me. I mean, feed me. Feed me this. I want to know it. I want to know it. I want to know you and all that you have. Right? And, uh, gosh, I look around, I don't see the hunger. I look around and I just don't see what God wants. I don't see it happening. I don't see and others, just this, I'm not, I'm not, I hope this doesn't come across wrong. 
I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody else. I'm not saying that I've even... I've fallen so short. I've fallen so short of this, you know? I'm a mess. God. Sorry, this is not a plan. This is winging it, Caleb. Um... What is preventing us? God's been astounding people since creation. How are we not more excitedly drawn to Him by this instead of just shrugging it off? What are the clouds preventing? What are the clouds preventing us from, from, from experiencing this? How about religion? How about rule setters that don't leave room for God to work and can commit it to the rule rather than God? How about false teaching? It's full of, our world is full of false teaching. Crazy false teaching. They can take things that are completely contradictory to Scripture and teach it from the pulpit. And people fall for it left and right. People fall for it left and right. Do you think that you're going to listen to something that's false? And, and, and live under a lie and, and expect to hear from God in a way that's just going to... Man, you're just going to have all this abundant living in that, in that sense. You know? Um, I, don't, I don't know what it is. You know, I mean, God's speaking to people on a, with a donkey. I mean, that should astound us right there. You know, maybe we need some donkeys in this town. Um, but... Embracing lies. How about lies you might be living under? And this is for all of us, myself included, right? There, all of us have these, these, these cloudy, cloudiness in our lives, right? And God, but God wants to break in. He wants to break in to that cloud. He wants to break into that cloud. He doesn't want us to, to live under a cloud. How about passivity or lack of pursuit? How about, uh, you know, I just, just don't feel it today. Just, you know. I'm just going. I'll get up. I'll go to this group or that group, but I'm just not feeling like pressing in for more. You know, I remember uh, another flashback, and this time, when when God first started illuminating me more and more and more, it was was there was so much hunger. I was just, you know I didn't even want to eat food. You know, I just wanted to fast so I could hear from Him more clearly. And um, and that wasn't like out of the gate. I mean, I was, I was somebody. Somebody invited me into that, right? Somebody invited me into that, and I said yes. You know, I, I look back at my life, and I just, I just feel how simple the 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 response was for me just to say yes. You know, the first time I preached in South Africa, I didn't know how to preach. I'd probably sitting there saying, "You still don't," but I, I'm I'm sitting up up there and I didn't even know what to do the guys you know the guy that I was with said I want one of you guys to preach tomorrow and and we all laughed at him so we, we're not qualified to preach you know and, and we get to the church and the the elder of the church came straight from me because I was the only one that had a bible in our group and he said well I guess he's the pastor and he came and took my bible and set it down for where I was supposed to sit before getting up to preach. And they all looked at me and said, well, I guess you're preaching. And uh, I didn't know what to do. But the Spirit did. The Spirit of God did. 
And I'll preach, it's funny, ironically, I, I preached on, the, on Romans 8, life in the Spirit. I opened up Romans 8 and I started just preaching the Word of God. And, and over 100 people came forward for salvation and healing that day. And, and, and I sit here and I, and I think of just how simple that was, just because I said yes. Just because I said yes. And how many times have we said no? Like I said, it goes back to that first slide where I said, who are we to deny God? Do you know when we say no, when we're feeling the prompting of the Spirit, that we, we are denying God? He is, he's, he's prompting us to do something. He's, he's not called us to, be, to wear a badge that says, I'm a Christian. That is not in His Word. That's not what He wants. It's not at all what He wants from us. That's what man wants, and that's what we've created, is to walk around with this badge and this name. You know, and what it's done is it's secularized us, right? It's put us into these different factions and different things. And He says there's, there's, there's one God, there's one Spirit, there's one faith. There's one. There's only one, one Christ. There's only one, right? And that's the one who he's revealing. That's the, he doesn't reveal, hey, he's not going to reveal the truth to Michael and then come over here and give me something that contradicts that truth and says, hey, I've given you something else. I want you guys to go at it. You know? Do you think that's God? Do you think divisions come from God like that? No. He's not confusing you. He's not, he's not asking you to be live in a life of chaos. He's not asking you to live in a life of unbelief. He's not asking you... Not to trust Him. He's asking you to follow Him. He's asking you to listen to His, his voice. Do you make the time for that? Do you, do you have the time to sit and be still and listen to His voice? You know, if you're like me, I mean, life is just going all kinds of different speeds and, and all over the place. And got to be here, got to be there. We've got we had six baseball games yesterday. There's only... Three, three different sons playing two games in, in three different locations, and there's only two of us. And she had to call her parents in for, for a backup. And uh, guys, there's so much going on. And now more than ever, in these times more than ever, we need to take that time to be still and hear that voice and listen. And you know what? It's so, again, I keep saying simple. I get ridiculed for this. They say I just need an easy button on my desk. But um, it... The simple part of it is just the simple submission to God to say, Lord, show me. Lord, teach me. Lord, I want to hear. Do you think you're going to go to God and say, I want to hear? And he's going to say, you need to go to seminary for 10 years and you need to go do this and that and that. And then once you do all that, then I'll have a relationship with you. It's not like that, right? But I will say this. If, 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 if there's not an authentic intent to want to be with Him, to want to hear from Him, not to come and tell Him what your problems are, but not necessarily come and tell Him what your theology is and what He, should, he needs to get in line with your theology or, or someone, somebody else does. No, it's just, it's just that innocent, like a child, coming come to Him. How about... Another cloud, bondage to sin. What if, what if you just don't want to break that sin? What if you just you keep saying, oh, why, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep doing this thing? Why do I keep having this thought you know, without asking God to help me? Or, or maybe you are asking God to help you, but you, but you keep putting yourself in the same situation again that 
that causes that, that bondage to rise up again. What about the corruption of the gospel? Man, it's amazing. I've, I've talked to so many people that I thought for sure they knew the gospel, but once you get into the conversation, you're like, gosh, they don't truly know the gospel. They don't truly know what Christ has done. They don't truly know that He set me free, that He's paid the debt for all my sins, that He took it all upon Himself on the cross, that, that that He rose from the grave, that He sent forth His Spirit so that you could hear the heart of God, that you would know the things of God, the things of God in His Spirit in you. His Spirit resides. Amen? And how much have we taken the, the, the wisdom of man and the wisdom of this world and everything else and put that up here over and above that because we, we want to be recognized or we want, um, we, we want to be successful or we want this, that, and the other. You, you throw anything under the sun under, underneath that and every one of them are wrong. There's only one path. There's only one way. And that He's the way, and His Spirit will reveal it. How about a hardness of heart? How about a hardness of heart? How about not believing the Word? I mean, have you read the Word and go, man, I, don't, I just don't know if I believe that, and, and I'm struggling with that, you know? And, and the good news is that he, He's not leaving you or me to figure that out on our own. It's not, it, doesn't, it, it can't be figured out by human reasoning. It can't be figured out by man's wisdom. And all those things, your, your, your house, your car, your, your, your life in the flesh, your human reasoning, all those things are going to come to absolutely nothing. Nothing. Now, that might discourage you a little bit if you're, if you're putting all your marbles in that basket. But what God wants to reveal to you is everlasting. The life that He has for you is everlasting. The eyes set on the realities of heaven, are, those are everlasting. That's everlasting. The rewards that He has for you are everlasting. There's so much blessing and, 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 and favor and honor from the Lord that's everlasting that He wants to pour out. Um, I need to wrap up doing what Steve told me not to do here. But I want to I want to finish with a couple a couple of notes. I I guess you know in, in praying about this is that. Lord, open our ears. There's um, we speak wisdom, wisdom among those who are mature, yet not wisdom of the sage, nor the rulers of the sage who are coming to nothing. Our human preferences—we've gotten this so wrong. We've we've we tried to put our human preferences on, on God or on others. Our human preferences should never be confused with divine preferences. There, there's only one divine list of preferences from God. There's not 
hey, well, whatever, you know, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. We should identify with Christ alone and his message. Not any other, no sexual preference, no sect, no cultural influencer, no politician, no social justice group, none of We identify with Christ. And when you step outside of that, you're tainting it. You're corrupting it. Um, I'm going to skip over Galatians. All right, let's close with this. I tell you that you may have a spirit of stupor on you unless you renounce these other means. It will remain on you and you will never enter what God has intended for you. That's what Romans 11 says. I've given them a spirit of stupor. And why is that? Why, why is the spirit of stupor? May, may, what might, why may that be upon us if, if we're not hearing from God, if we're not experiencing these, these astounding things from God? Is there a spirit of stupor on us to where our ears can't hear, our eyes can't see, our mind can't understand? Because, because we're choosing something else. Because we're choosing another way. That's a massive cloud. A spirit of stupor. It, it's reality. Okay? It's a reality that we, we, we have to face. We have to say, look, is that, is that me? Is that in me? Am I living that way? Am I choosing to live that way? And, and, and ask God. This is where the pleading for God... I mean, this, again, I think that for me this was so simple. It was just a simple yes of, Lord, I want, I want what you have. I want what you have, Lord. I want, I want the things that, that you talk about in here. When I look in the scriptures and I see the deficit between what we experience in the church and what we see in the book of Acts, and I'm going, man, what in the world happened? What in the world happened? And that's not what God wants for us. We, we should be jumping up and down, right? We should, we should be expecting miracles. We should be expecting God to move and heal people. And maybe you are praying for people and they're not being healed. What else, what, what's preventing that? What's preventing that? Are you asking yourself, what's preventing it? If not, then that kind of reveals a spiritual laziness in us, right? We go, well, I kind of just, let's just push through this thing. Let's just white knuckle it in my flesh. We need God. We need His Spirit. We need Him to invade this place. We need His gospel to go out with power and signs and wonders and miracles. That is His divine preference. That's not my made-up human intentions. Okay? So anyway, I hope, hope guys, that you are prompted at least by the Spirit today to, to move into a new direction and to move into a greater hunger for God. Derek, y'all come on up. Um, I want to invite you if you if you if you want to challenge if you want to challenge this I'm just going to lay it out um, for you to to come to me. Um, I'll be upstairs at eleven o'clock. Um, if you if you struggle with any of this message, if you struggle with anything, if anything resonated with you, or if you're hungry for more, if you want more, any of that, right? I'm, I want to invite you to come upstairs um, in the upper room and. And we'll have a time of uh, prayer and fellowship and discussion and and um, and revelation from the Lord. 
Amen. So, Lord, I just uh, I thank you for today, and uh, Lord God, your word. I thank you for your spirit. Lord, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your plan for us, your your bride, your church. Lord, thank you that you have more for us. You have you have something that, Lord, none of us can really understand, and yet we try to we try to intellectualize it, Lord, and. And Lord, just forgive us for that. Lord, I ask you to forgive us for being being complacent. Lord, forgive us for being spiritually lazy, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would open eyes, open ears. Give us the mind of Christ to walk in it, Lord God. Remove a spirit of stupor from us, Lord. Remove any lethargy from us, Lord God. Lord, as we come into this new season in the spring and and summer, Lord, I just I pray God that spiritually you would 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 birth a new spring within us. Lord God, that we would be Lord a well that does not run dry. Lord God, that we would be a reflection of you, that we would Lord walk in the in the newness and the Lord, the power that you've called us into, Lord God. Lord, I pray for those today who are struggling specifically with with doubt and with fear. And Lord, I, I know how you've shared things with me. That were simple. Just dwelling in your presence, Lord God. What a what a beauty. And Lord, I pray that for those who are hurting and struggling, Lord, that they would have, even if it's just a moment with you, Lord, that that they would open their hearts, God. That their eyes would not be on their struggle, Lord, but it would be on the, the Almighty God who created all things, the the heavens and the earth and the sea and all things in them. Lord, you've called us to greatness. Lord, you've called us to life in your spirit. And now, Lord, may we walk in that. May we lay it down to you, Lord. We submit our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.